Hey guys, it's your girl Naya and Tuli. And this is another episode of Rant Much. Okay, I finally did it right. I finally did it right. I finally did it in my normal American accent. I love that for me. Okay. So, <laughs> hi guys. We are back. We are live. Did you check out the last episode? If not, please, please, please check it out. If you need to go back and check out all the other episodes, do that too. So, I mean, I mean why are you here if you have not checked out the previous episode? I mean, you don't I don't know, know who we are, okay? You don't know <laughs> our story. You don't know where we're coming from. You need to go back to episode one, okay? Because just wow wow we've been through a whole journey at this point yeah yeah okay guys with all that being said welcome to this episode uh Tuli how you doing dude I'm good I'm very tired it is basically midnight Naya has made me wait all day to record I'm just it's it's 9 30 and I am I'm dead. Like I took a nap waiting for Naya to finish whatever she's doing. And I was like, I'm so tired. I can't believe she's making me do this so late. But like I said (laughs) in the previous episodes, I am a granny. Okay. This time, these times I'm, I'm, I'm fast asleep way past my bedtime, but here we are. Okay. We are within this thing, you know, making our dreams happen, having great conversations. Naya, how are you? I am also tired, but I'm tired, I think, in a different way. Um, as we've said in previous episodes, I'm just getting started. And I already was running around a bit. And then I realized I'm going to be running like this for the next two weeks. And that is when hectic. the anxiety started, to, literally hectic. The anxiety started to hit because um, it's an uh, acting showcase <laughs> um, these next two weeks. So for those of you who don't know, and those of you who are joining us on this on this episode, Tuli and I are both freelance artists, um, but I recently just graduated from uh, university last August. Tuli graduated years ago, um, but I am graduating. Yeah, because I'm old. <laughs> she's, not old, old. <laughs> <laughs> she's not that old, y'all. She's not that old, y'all. But I just graduated in August. And what typically happens when you graduate with an acting degree at my school is you do like an acting showcase for like agents and managers to like see you and get your name out there. Well, we didn't have that because uh, Miss Rona decided to enter the building. Uh, and as a result mm-hmm. of that, uh, we did a form of a showcase, but it wasn't even close to what we originally had been told we were going to have slash what we want it to have. Um, so now that is what we are doing is trying to do what we had planned all along as close as possible. Some of us are quarantining with our, with our scene partners. Some of us live with our scene partners. Um, some of us are traveling to our scene partners and some of us are just staying in our homes and going to be filming like we're in the same space, but we're not really in the same space. Um, so I will be well, going to Chicago this weekend. Those scenes are so tricky. They're so tricky, but thankfully we have a great team behind us and I am filming with some of my closest friends and I trust them with literally my whole life, which is the only reason why I feel comfortable traveling um, to them. Um, and we're all getting COVID tests, but yeah. one of my friends is in Chicago and my other scene partner and friend is in New York. So like, I know most people are listening to this like, Naya, New York is like the epicenter for all things bad. And I'm like, that's true, but we are only 
only seeing each other. Anyone else, anyone that I didn't travel with, anyone that was not there before will not be with me now. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, that is pretty much where I'm at because I'm also not trying to catch Miss Rona and neither are any of my scene burners and neither are any yeah. of my friends that are traveling with me. So with that being said, pray for me because it's just really stressful. I forgot that being a black girl requires me to have my hair different ways as an actress. So that's kind of annoying. Oof. That I now have to think that's about. That's a whole effect. other thing, hey? Whole you have to think about thing. your hair, Makeup, having different scenes, my, you know, being different characters. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm but I mean, with all that being said, what you're trying to say, what you're trying to say is like, you're going to keep as safe as possible exactly. and still get the job done, which is exactly. what everybody is doing in this time, which is the most effective way to deal with, with this pandemic. We can only do so much. And unfortunately, both of us are theater artists. So our base is theater. And when you're a theater artist, it's very hard to all of a sudden be like, yeah, so the audience isn't going to be here. You're not going to be on stage. The lights aren't there. Um, It just turns into a whole other ballgame because film acting is a whole other skill. Whole other skill. You can't even feed off of the energy of the audience, which is like a a huge part of like how we perform and like how we, you know, uh, you know, find the strength to pick up and keep going and, and find the momentum. Like yeah. that's the favorite, my favorite part of, of, of performing on stage is just feeding off the energy of the audience. So I can't even imagine how tough this is. I mean, I think yeah. as an actress, the worst I've gotten of it is just like this whole movement of self-tapes, like yes. auditions are self-tapes yes. now. <laughs> I, I self-tapes are everything at this exactly. point. I mean, they probably no, were anyways, but not this fast, you know? I mean, for us, they weren't, if I'm being oh, honest. Like, okay. I think maybe it was a thing, like, maybe if you were going to do, like, a screen test, like, once you've made it throughout all the rounds and then they mm-hmm. want to do a chemistry test with you and the other characters, sure. But as an audition round, I've never d- done a self-tape. I think we do self-tapes to audition for my actual agency before yeah, we real. meet you for face-to-face auditions. But otherwise, self-tapes is a new thing. And now you have to learn what it's like to be comfortable in front of the camera. And as theater actors, it's a whole different ball game, right? It's a whole yeah. different skill set. And a lot of the people, a lot of the times people think that, oh, acting is acting. You know, if you act on Not you know, stage, even it's close. the same thing. And it Ugh. is, it's tough. It's and not- that's why I actually started my monologue series during lockdown last year. Because yeah. I was like, I remember saying to you, like, I suck on camera. I suck <laughs> because I was, I was, I was taught the skill like literally at the end of my, you know, training for like the last month or two. And yeah. I was like, this was not enough. So I had to start filming myself just to see like, what do I do? What are my crutches? What are my yeah. bad habits? And uh, it was a very interesting experience, but I mean, we digress. Like, we digress. We yeah. digress. Yeah. We're talking about. We'll do acting. that on a whole nother episode. Yeah. We already talked <laughs> about freelancers and acting and, another episode again go back and check that out uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop shamelessly plugging y'all i'm sorry i'm just i'm just gonna do that uh no you have to (laughs) i have to it's this is my podcast this is our podcast i have to promote our content um yes i'm sorry if you get annoyed but this is what it is here um i yeah that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast but i think we both talk about this for hours literally every day this is what we love doing this is why we're doing it it's just insane but another topic that's also (laughs) 
quintessentially insane for the both of us, honestly, that we talk about quite often is our bodies. Um, so today we are not necessarily mm. talking about, you know, me getting on the treadmill every day, which I haven't been doing like I'm, I'm have told myself I'm supposed to, um, or eating right for that matter, but just how we feel being black women in the space in society with the bodies that we were given, our God-given bodies, y'all, okay? So, I mm. just have to ask, Julie, mm. what, how, let's start with a framework for everyone. How do you feel in your body? What is your body type? What What is your story with your body? Mm. Sure. The politics of our bodies, eh? How yeah. heavy. Um, I think you asked me this a few weeks ago about like, how do I feel in my body? Yeah. And the word that I, you know, that first came to my, you know, um, heavy because I am a big girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm a curvaceous girl, but heavy also because of the politics that my body carries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, I studied politics and so I understand that everything is politics. My my very existence is politics, you know, everything the is way my, my breasts fall and my hips curve, mm-hmm. everything is political, right? Um, and, and it's heavy. I think particularly as black women, we carry a lot in our bodies. We carry many different stories and traumas in our bodies. Um, and so that, that's me. I feel heavy in my body. My body type is, is heavy, heavy set, chunky girl. (laughs) You know, I often get briefs at work. That's like, we're looking for a heavy set, chunky girl. That's me. Okay. That is me. Uh, I am on a little bit of a weight loss journey <laughs> um, and have lost a little bit of weight since I started, which I'm really, mm-hmm. really proud of. Um, and that's a whole story for another day because like we need to unpack all of that and weight loss and how society then, you know, receives you when you lose weight. We'll talk about that another day. But Naya, tell me about your body. What does it feel like in your body? Uh <laughs> I feel like on my <laughs> side of things, I, I, we talk about this all the time and it just, every time I have a different answer, I feel like I am skinny and slender and I'm black. Question mark. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, skinny and slender, Ooh. always been that way. And I'm not a white girl, question mark. Like that's really Ooh. how I feel. It. I know for some people they're like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm like, think about all the people you see in social media. How are black mm-hmm. women portrayed? politically how am I supposed to feel not that great yeah um yeah. and I think a lot of times I have learned to just kind of shut up and listen in a lot of ways when it comes to how men talk about women's bodies and and the guys that I've dated sure. saying like what they prefer and like how they feel about their own bodies I just kind of shut up and listen and even like with my heavier set friends I am the tiniest of all my friends always never fails never fails um, and their conversations about how they want to lose weight and how they want to be smaller and all these different things in my whole life. I have, I have just kind of shut up and just never said anything because in the past, if I have said, well, I mean, I just want to be bigger. Like, it's just like shot down. Like I'm crazy. Yeah. And the yeah. last thing anyone wants when they're telling you how they feel about their, their body struggles and how they feel in their body is like, someone shooting them down like they're crazy like you're not Mm. crazy for how you feel it makes sense and everyone doesn't necessarily appreciate or like what they have or I mean and even appreciate has a connotation to it right um of like 
what they naturally have. Everybody doesn't necessarily like what they have. Everybody has flaws with what they naturally have. But we're talking about mm-hmm. like being black women with the bodies that we have. So the, bo- yeah. the politics of what that's like. Yeah. So just to give you all a framework, this is where we're both talking about. Quite often, Tulia and I are on two different spectrums, two different sides of the spectrum um, of different things. But as you've also seen in previous episodes, you know, we're very similar in a lot of ways. Um, but this is one of those where we're on different sides of the spectrum and we still connect in a lot of different ways. So. Yeah, I mean, I think what's what's important that you that you pointed out is is how society like kind of maps out black women yeah. and um there are all these like quintessential black girl body features that qualify us as black women, right? Um, And I want to go into like what those things are. What are those quintessential black girl things? And also let's unpack how problematic those things are because they're not even real if we start there. And I mean, obviously we all know the big booty is number one on the list, right? If you don't have big bums, I mean- <laughs> Which usually what means you, mean you have black? big hips too, you know? Like exactly. it's, it's now exactly. a very new thing that people are like small hips, big butt, which also geograph- like geographically doesn't really make sense. If you look at the human body, like why would you have really? big hoop, hips and a big butt? Like you would just tip over. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Like it just, it, it it's the weirdest thing to me that that's what we've glorified now. But basically the idea is like big hips, big lips, big hair, like thick, big hair. And yeah, it's all one yeah. type. It's thick all lips type. as big well. Lips. Yeah, no, no. It's all one type. It all one type. looks one way. Right. And here's my thing. And the reason why I feel like it's problematic is like, yeah, niggas talk about, yeah, I want her to be thick. I want her to have big, you know, a big yeah. ass. I want her to have big boobs. You know, I want her to be thick, whatever thick means and whatever yeah. curvaceous means. But my issue is like, okay, cool. I have all of those features, but I also have arms that spill over. I also have um, cankles. I also have a tummy that, that, that flows over my jeans. I also have cellulite. So now where are all of those things accounted for? It's almost like like we need, you know, the quintessential features, but we they can't spill over. They can't be spillage. They can't be too much of it. You know, you must have a big ass, but not too big. Meanwhile, you, know, you can I'm have, you know, big boobs, but like not not back fat. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes you have big boobs and the boob and the boob fat spills over into your back. And that's just not <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. not enough. It's not okay because it's too much. Do you know what I mean? And I hate how there is no, like, there's no, there's no, like, uh, a consideration for that. Like, then we need to be ample in all the right ways that men want us to be ample. Um, But there's no one there to love. Or that the, or the way that our bodies naturally are ample. You know, if I've got big hips, I'm going to have you know, a little bit of a bigger waist. I might have a little bit of a bigger tire around my waist because, you know, I am bigger. So it's so problematic. And and social media really has like really fed this thing of like what the body looks like. And we all know where it comes from. Like we all know like the the the, the quintessential Kim Kardashian, not black body, but somehow is Thanks. black because... You she know, took black bodies ideas and natural things that we naturally have and she Ugh. monetized it welcome Ugh. to capitalism people this is welcome capitalism, to 101. capitalism however what's crazy i think also i think on the flip side of it 
it doesn't help the skinny girl either because I feel Dude. like what I immediately think when guys say that to me is like, okay, what about my ample intelligence? What about my bomb Ooh. personality? I'm the person who literally won't even go into the physical and maybe that says how I feel about my physical, but I just, I am so much more than my body. Actually, that probably says more about my my trauma and my past, but that's a whole nother story of just like, I don't even, you get my mm-hmm. physical. If you want me, you just get it. Sorry, that's what you got. Get over it. Uh, either you like me or you don't in that way. But what you're yeah. also getting with yeah. me is, I, I am the slender that most people like. I have the legs that guys adore. Um, and it took me literally getting on dating apps to literally realize that like men of the opposite sex actually found my body type attractive. That's a whole other terror. Let's not even get into that. Um, actually, let's mm. get into that on another episode. However, <laughs> um, today, I feel like what's most <laughs> problematic is like, okay, well, what about those of us who don't have big boobs? What about those of us who don't have big butts? Like I am very proportional. I actually love that about myself is I am extremely proportional. I had a guy once who I was dating tell me that, oh, you have scoliosis. That actually is kind of weird because every girl that I know who has scoliosis has big boobs. Now I understand where you are coming from with that, sir. However, do you know how that made me feel? Like, well, thank you for oh. pointing out the fact that I don't have. Okay, let's let's not even. Um, yeah. And again, that says yeah. more about more about the guys, right? Than it necessarily does about me. But sometimes I really just wonder when guys say crap, do they even recognize like how their worth no, impacts they someone don't, else? Because they. No, because they their their bodies aren't political spaces like ours are. So Facts. I don't think they could possibly even understand that our bodies are so much more. Our, body, our bodies are, are life givers. Our bodies are, you know, playgrounds. Our bodies are crime scenes. Our bodies are, you know, storytellers. Our bodies hold our scars, like I said in the beginning. But I think what's so important that you're saying, Naya, about the girls who don't have the boobs and the butt is like, what you touched on in the beginning about when you grew up around your, your friends who were bigger than you and you yeah. felt silenced, like you felt like you couldn't say anything about, oh, I wish I was bigger. I definitely was the friend who silenced my my smaller friends, right? Yeah. yeah. Total growth moment for me as a girl who grew up chubby, like I've always been chubby my whole life and just couldn't stand it when my friends were like, oh my word, I want to be bigger. Oh my word, I'm so fat. That time they're a quarter size of who I am. And mm-hmm. I never realized that everyone on every side of the spectrum has their issues with their body and they're allowed to have said issues with their body. I'm, I, I don't own the rights to having uh, self-esteem issues because I am bigger. Now yeah. I will say this, I will say that the world definitely is quicker to accept someone who looks like Naya, you know, faster than they are to accept someone who looks like me and we'll get into that in our industry, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And with boys and attraction and all that stuff and how I was never the attractive girl growing up. I was always the mom figure in my group. I was always, you know, the guy, the the girl that guys called to the side so they could get my friend's number. I was always that girl. I always looked like the older sister. (laughs) I was everyone. Exactly. I always, sister. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like we just brought you along because we're babysitting type of thing. Literally, I'm um, like, what the heck? I shopped like... in the boys section. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I shopped in the boys section for a lot of my life because, you know, they didn't make sizes, uh, girls clothes in my sizes. So I definitely think that as bigger people, it's important for us to sit back and think about how we treat our friends who might be more petite than us because their bodies are just as much of political spaces as yours is, you know, and they have just as many, you know, insecurities and they're allowed to have those kinds of things. And I think the first time I realized that someone who is petite could have issues with their body was in high school. I had a friend who was not only petite, but she was also short. And she, her birthday was like, in, you know, in the beginning of the year before all of ours. So she turns 18 first, and which means she can drink. That's our legal drinking age. And she came back from one of her weekends out and she said to us, yeah, I couldn't even drink. I couldn't even go out. And we're like, what, what happened? And she was like, every single place I went to, people just kept asking for my ID. People kept asking, like, is it fake? I would show them my ID and they say that it's fake. And she broke down and she was like, I just feel like no one is ever going to look at me as an adult. No one is ever going to look at me as a woman. Like I'm never going to be sexy to someone because I look like a child. And it blew my mind because I've never had those things happen to me. I'm on the flip side where my body was sexualized when I was eight because I had boobs coming in way before a lot of my other friends did. And I have a bigger body. So I think in a lot of black girl contexts, you know, black girls are often sexualized way before their ages, which is why yeah, we course. quote unquote mature faster than boys, which yeah. is a whole other We're conversation. To. It's not like we exactly just like, OK, maybe metaphysically. Sure. However, you can't deny there is a huge hand in society in this like we have mm. no choice but to be more mature like I was thinking about this the other day I was talking yeah. to my friend I was like I literally had to learn how to drive out of a survival method because my anxiety of control forced me to have to play second parent a lot of times in high school now that is a whole nother yeah. thing about family dynamics but just how I move in space now as a 22 year old black woman i now have to think about i am no one's mother i am someone's big sister mm. how do i live my life and how do i not still be mad about the fact that i was i was forced to mature because you made selfish decisions that caused me to have to play this other parental role or this other person confidant for these other people in my life so i think mm. we coddle men so much that it's almost horrifying that when we get inside these conversations because majority of men are in positions of power that we're still sitting here in 2021 having this conversation about attraction mm -hmm. and the things that this guy said to me on a date and all these other things and it's like but it's my body it's my space this is how mm -hmm. I move in space why mm -hmm. can't I, I don't say stuff about guys and if you are that girl who does that do uses, but also recognize your impact as well. Because when you're done with that guy, he now has to go off with someone else and put that on someone else. So just please, for the rest of us who don't mm -hmm. want to hear that crap from one more guy about like, oh, my body, blah, blah, blah. Look, that is in that is still valid. That is still your space. And I completely understand your insecurities. But recognize that your body is not a political statement. Every single time I walk mm -hmm. into a space, I have to be verbally louder because people don't even listen to me mm. because of how tiny I am. People just, if you don't yeah. even deem me attractive, you literally don't see me on the street. And I had to wrap oh. my head around that in college. Like, how is it that because I don't have on a slinky dress, because I don't have my boobs out to my ears, or because I don't have a big butt, you literally ignore my existence on this planet. Mm. And if you think that that hasn't put a 
a huge impact on how I viewed myself, you are quite mistaken. And now I have to work through that crap. But also I think let's be honest with how we're treating each other and how we how we treat women in general and black women of all people. Uh, we are, we're just not as a society, American society or South African society, pick one, you know, we are not accepting of women's bodies. So let's not say you want like the slender girl with legs and then she ain't got a butt and you're like, and eh, she's not really my type. Let's, let's not do that. Please. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like her body, but like, not, not, not that, not that far. Like she has to have a butt, like, you know what I mean? And men just think they can build our bodies in like theory. And it's like, this makes no sense. <laughs> Dude, it you need no bigger sense. arms and you right. need to talk more, but I don't say that to you. Like, what do, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I think what I was trying to get to was just, you know, bigger girls, let's have a little bit more compassion to our petite friends. Let's also realize that we don't own the rights to having body image issues. Um, Let's also realize that every woman carries, you know, different politics in their bodies and in their skins and in the space that they walk in. Um, And and, and I just want to go into what are your personal black girl disqualifiers? Like you spoke about the fact that you're not curvaceous and you don't have boobs and, and and that disqualifies you as, (laughs) as a black woman. Like if you don't understand that chat, like, you know, stick around I, so you can learn some more. <laughs> literally, I'm like, I that's don't, a disqualifier. Oh uh, yeah, but no, like I have a slim waist. So actually, let's let's jump back. So I am very proportional, right? Like I said, like I have I have a decent size, you know, rack, and also I have a decent size booty. So like when I put on stuff, the first thing when I wear a tight outfit, the first thing you're gonna see is my butt because it's just there. Um, and every single time, I'm like, oh, I got a booty, you know, and it's really nice because. I spent so much of childhood not having that. My mom is very curvaceous. Like my mm. aunts joke about it all the time. My aunts and cousins actually, um, because my aunts and cousins, some of them are close in age anyways. They're all the same generation. And they used to joke about it all the time. It's like, I have big boobs, but like auntie's got all the butt in the family. And then you have me who has neither. So <laughs> I remember growing up as a little girl, just being like, where did I go wrong um and so it becomes this cyclical cycle of like I never felt good enough on one on the physical aspect you know teenagers don't really know their place in the world in general they're just kind of figuring it out and you're figuring out like oh I'm actually good enough in general on an emotional mental level right so we're talking about all of that playing into the fact that I don't want to eat because it's just I've realized it's so much easier to sleep in and avoid people because I had social anxiety in high school and still to some degree kind of do. So I didn't want to eat lunch and I wasn't eating breakfast because I could sleep in and I was lazy. And then my first meal was pretty much a snack after school, maybe a meal after school and then dinner. I would just eat, eat, eat. I would have like two or three plates of whatever my mom cooked for dinner. Again, not healthy would not recommend 10 out of 10 would not recommend um so by the time I graduated high school yeah I was over 100 pounds which my mother never was when she she was my age so she always was like congrats you're over 100 pounds remember I I was tinier than that so you're doing great kid and I would just be like thanks mom I appreciate you trying to like boost up my self-confidence but um you notice I'm just really tiny. So I'm, that still just doesn't help. It, it, basically what I'm saying is it was a cyclical cycle between mental 
physical, emotional. Like I wasn't eating mm. because of all of these things, but I needed to eat to get bigger. And it just, it was a terrible cycle. And then I got to college and I met this thing called the dining hall and I could eat whenever I wanted. <laughs> um, and so I forced myself to eat three meals a day and sometimes more if we got lucky people um, because the dining halls were open a certain number of hours and they just kind of really didn't stop. They always were open when I got out of class and that was the most I'd ever eaten. So now I can proudly say that I'm, well, I used to be able to say I'm like 140 pounds. I was, now I'm 135. I, I was very upset when I found that out when I actually stepped on a scale. I'm not the person to step on the scale. I don't believe in that. I just, I can't do it. It would freak me out too much. Um, but what I learned after eating was the reason why I hadn't gained my butt and the boobs, proportional boobs at least, was because I wasn't eating and I wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. And at least now I'm, I'm actually eating. And now that I'm out of college, that's actually been the thing I've been struggling with is like, I don't want to fall into those same habits. I have got to mm. eat every day. Yeah. So and I mean, food that's is just a whole other thing, you know, like having a healthy relationship with food with a whole yeah. other conversation. But yeah. I think my only disqualifier, because like I said, I do have, you know, the curves and the boobs and although I have spillage and too much of it. I'm the black girl who can't dance. And so that is my disqualifier because oh. apparently all black girls know how to dance. And I just did not get that. Okay. And I'm oh, really I thought we were it, talking about physical okay. ones because if that's the case, girl, I got a whole arsenal. What do you mean? I'm dorky. No, I mean, no, no, no. Like, I mean, like, you don't know, we are talking about the physical ones. I was just saying, like, I, I, I tick the black girl boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then some. But I mean, if I were to, like, <laughs> say, like, yeah, I, I can't dance. Yeah, but anyways, like we are also actresses and we're also actresses and, and also our bodies also like play such a role in like the work that we do. Yeah. And I think it's important to just quickly touch on what your body is like in that kind of space. Um, quick Coach, one from first. me. Yeah, I was about to say, you mean, go first, girl. <laughs> I mean, I have a long one, but it's very, I'm going to make it quite quick. Yeah. Um, I grew up as a bigger girl who never saw bigger people on TV who looked like me play mm -hmm. people who were as old as me. So I never yeah. saw a 14 year old who was overweight play a 14 year old who was overweight on TV and just played a, a normal high school student and just, you know, continued on with life. Every fat girl I saw on TV played a role that had everything to do with her weight. She was the butt of the joke. She was the fat best friend who couldn't find love. She was the receptionist. She was the domestic worker. The You know, she always got the scraps of the roles. And so yeah. coming into this industry, you know, with, with my view on the world, I'm like, I want to bash all the stereotypes. I want to play the protagonist. I want to play the villain. Yeah. And the truth is that, the industry is just not ready, particularly South Africa is not ready for a 20, well, my 25 year old uh, curvaceous girl to get on screen and play the lead romantic interest um, who is the hot girl and who's really liked and her character has absolutely nothing to do with her weight. We're just not ready for that. And that's, and that's a whole other chat. Whole so, chat. and that's also part of why I'm on a weight loss journey. I mean, obviously a huge part of it is for my health reasons, I wasn't healthy and I'm working towards becoming more healthy. But a lot of it is also because I need to work. I'm an actress <laughs> and um, I can Ooh, fight baby. the good fight as long as I want. But at the end of the day, um, this industry is not ready for what I'm trying to do. Um, I might as well get my body and my health in check while I get these checks, while I get these gigs. So that really is 
where I'm coming from quickly, Naya, let us know what it's like being an actress in your body, in your industry. Okay, so again, on the flip side, I literally, I'm sorry, I have to piggyback off what you said. Like, <laughs> when you were listing off different roles that you saw as a kid, I started seeing movies in my head and seeing roles, and I, you all can't see me, but I'm like cringing over here because uh try watch an early 2000 movie and you will start cringing at all the fat jokes you will start cringing i cringe every time okay the fat jokes and also the sexist comments are the two that i'm like that would never fly today that would never fly yeah Mm. it's just i can't i can't do it it's too much um okay so for me i would say that the standard for me is i look like a teenager i look like a teenager which could be good right it could be the fact that I have a long, great career because I'm always like, working. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I could always be working because I will always be playing a teenager for a minute, probably until I'll be that actress who's like in their 30s and still playing teenager. I'm going to be Gabrielle Union, mm. honestly, at this point. Like, I could Love see it, it very Love much so. Um, but I feel like for me, the thing that bothers me about that is like, I'm not a teenager. And yes, Mm. teenage stories are very valid, but I'm not a teenager. And I remember being a teenager and feeling very, again, like Tilly said, feeling very shitty about the fact that I didn't look like those girls. And I'm just now 22 and realizing that those girls are actually where I am now. And Mm. it's, it's heartbreaking because I, I would fall. I have so much anxiety about clothing room stores don't even get me started because I would just ball my eyes out because clothes didn't fit me the right way and I didn't look the way I wanted like so many sleepless nights of just not feeling good enough in my body being an awkward black girl is a whole nother issue and that I will talk about later however being an awkward black girl who's really skinny af and every actress that you see what's crazy is I didn't see the skinny people I only saw the curvaceous people like when I go back now, I'm like, oh, mm. everybody I grew up with was really skinny. What the heck? Why were they so tiny? Mm. <laughs> but I didn't see them. Yeah. They did not exist. For some reason, it, it's kind of like when b- white people say, like, I don't see color. I did not see the skinny people, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> okay. And now I'm just now seeing them. Um, so that's where my body falls on that spectrum. And hopefully, yeah, it does end out to be more of the positive. But I also would be a Mm. part of the change I understand that part of the reason why 30 year olds play teenagers is for you know money reasons like legally having a younger a minor on set is very it's a lot of work a lot of legal stuff so I get it but it also is yeah a lot of you know so like it's a give or take so I think for me that Mm, I hear you I hear you it's a whole other thing I mean you're kind of a 15 year old you know, doing a, a sex scene and drinking alcohol. That's the reason why older it's actors a are terrible idea, do, y'all. You know, teenage <laughs> things. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It you is know what? what the, the the conversation of our bodies and the politics of it and the space that they take up in the world or don't take up in the world is one we could have forever and one we want to continue with you guys on social media. We hope that you are following us on Rantmatch underscore podcast so we can continue on with this conversation. <laughs> Feel like it needs a part two i don't know about you naya but uh you let us know what you guys think because yeah. there's so much more and you guys can just drop in your comments and we can unpack them some more but otherwise this is it and this is where we're gonna pack it for this week thank you so much for tuning in and showing love share the episode with your mothers fathers brothers cousins sisters friends aunties. everybody 
everybody's brother because everybody needs to hear this okay um thank you so much for listening guys we will catch you next time on rant much much bye guys tiktok you don't stop to the tiktok you don't stop